It felt like my soul had been someplace else for a really, really long time. I entered into the eye of the storm of grief that I had been carrying. I, I began to cry. The littlest thing would just send me into an anxiety spiral that, like, it's just one little thing. Why is this little thing ruining my day? Elicinia is a unique psilocybin retreat based in Mexico with a focus on meditation, neuroscience, and brain health. I had zero doubt that this was something that I was going to go through and actually do. That self-compassion sort of had trickled into every little part of my life. I hadn't laughed that hard in so long. The profoundness with which I experienced like reality, the magnitude of the beauty was just completely overwhelming. Thank you so much for coming to the show. It's such an honor to have you here. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and why you decided to come to Eleusinia? Sure. It's great to see you again. Great to be with you again. My background is very much in the, the sciences. I had a bachelor and master's in science areas. And it was very heavy into mathematics, the language of science. And so uh, very heavy into a logic reasoning sort of bent, a very Western sort of view quickly evolved in that I was raised in a traditional religious tradition, which I shed at a, at a young age because I was unable to justify it. That landed me in a place, either philosophical materialism or dualism, trying to figure out the role of consciousness. And I was utilizing those same tools against those two philosophies as well. And it, it just never settled well with me. The the way that they would treat consciousness. For instance, a philosopher by the name of Daniel Dennett, who argues that consciousness is a hallucination. To me, consciousness is everything that I've ever experienced. I've ever learned. I've ever, any emotion, thought, anything has come through consciousness. And for a person to say that that's a hallucination, it's really a question begging because to have a hallucination, you must have a hallucinator. And a hallucinator needs to have a consciousness to experience the hallucination. So it's the ultimate in question begging. There were just all sorts of problems with these two philosophies, but really hadn't approached any of the others for years and years. So I was just left in a state of confusion until I came across idealism, which is not a new thing at all. It's been explored in Eastern societies for thousands of years. But it was presented to me in a way that I could approach because of my Western scientific rational background by Bernardo Castro in the book, The Idea of the World. And he makes the argument in a way that I could totally relate to and understand that consciousness is at the center of existence. It is the fundamental ontological primitive and everything else derives from that. And so that was many years ago. And so I've been following along that path and he talks about many things, including psychedelics. But before I get there, I was fascinated with quantum physics and the implications of quantum physics and how incompatible it is with these Western traditions and how people just tend to ignore it and its implications. Whereas all the founders of quantum physics were essentially idealists. They believed that consciousness was fundamental. And this has been known for a hundred years these, these issues and people just ignore it because they wish to 
just live in their own narratives instead of figure out what is true. I'm really into what is true. Along these studies, which have like been totally consuming for me for, for decades, came across these, the issue of psychedelics, which I had zero experience with, but I had heard that they are, they create experiences that are among the most strong that one can have in your life. Like along the lines of becoming a parent or the death of a parent. And I'm at a stage in my life where I've experienced both of those twice already, but those experiences required time. Before you have a kid, generally you fall in love and you get married and then you choose to have kids and you have kids. And it's a lot of time and dedication that's put into it. And on the other side, you're raised by a couple of people, ideally, and then you experience a lot with those people and then they pass. But this psychedelic experience is like a zero to 60 in a very short period of time. And so I was very curious, what is it? What is that experience like? And what can I learn from that? So that's how I ended up looking for my own experience with that. And so I started looking at different places to do that. And Eleusinia just popped out at me given their approach as described on the website and stuff. And this is something that I started examining maybe seven, eight months ago. And while there's many retreats at Eleusinia, we were unable to schedule one just for conflict for six, seven months. And so I spoke to Jessica last year, like six, seven months ago. And I was again, very reassured by the approach that Pelusinian was taken from a safety perspective, from a comfort, from a everything perspective. And then I went and we got back again, just for context, I, I got back a week ago. Amazing. So you really came as an explorer and were you having any second thoughts or were you feeling a hundred percent sure of your decision to come and what uh, made you settle in into your experience? Well, I started to do more research, of course, and my wife and I had watched documentary and I just got more encouraged. I was more excited to try it. So I really approached it with jumping in with both feet sort of attitude. And of course it was my wife and I both attending at the same time, which was a conscious decision that we, we were both very happy for because it is a very intense experience. And now that I'm on the other side, it's, it's fantastic to have somebody to bounce thoughts of off of. Well, for the story, I should probably back up a tiny bit. And the day that we arrived, we all met many of you on that day. One of the things that surprised me most about the experience was meeting Josephina, the cure under a, a healer. This was totally outside my wheelhouse. And while I was open to anything, cause I think I can be convinced of anything if given the evidence that was really outside and I was open to it and we met and we spoke briefly, maybe 15 minutes and it was a bizarre sort of connection right from the get-go. And she told me something that baffled me. She told me that I had eaten apples, but never tasted them. And that confused me until later in the process. So the very next day began the macrodose experience. And I was going into it. We, we had all discussed this yes, yes, yes attitude about going into these experiences. So I was totally there. I didn't come to Eleusinia to have a 
partial experience. I was going to do the full deal. And so it began much more quickly than I thought it was going to. I thought that the experience would build until like an hour or two into it, but it would peak and then it would decline. For me, it was a rocket ship that I, I took off immediately. I sat down pretty immediately and then I felt nauseous. And so I had to lay down. So that would decline. And I just started this journey. It took me in many places. I was like tunneling through this kaleidoscopic journey where I learned new things about what the self is and that I started losing a sense of my body. I would open my eyes. I would see my fingers. I would touch my torso and it didn't feel like it should have. It was less. And also my thoughts, my emotions, and even that voice that I always hear inside my head, my ego voice started to get jumbled. And I started to lose language, not just language, but the concept of language. And my wife was nearby. So I forced myself to look and see what was going on with her. And she was enthralled in her own experience. And my concept of her was disintegrating along with my concept of myself. So it wasn't just a solo thing. It was everybody until it got to the point where I was no longer present. And that was a wholly new escalation. And then it went even further in that I was given a tour of the universe, but it went inside out. And I was given a tour of reality, not a tour that I understood, but I understood that this is what it was. And in hindsight, it taught me new things about what it was to be a person I'd heard of ego death before, and I, I don't really like the term ego death because it was really just a temporary disconnection from what I consider myself to be or had considered myself to be. And it included a loss, not only of thoughts, emotions, and identity and time and space, but also of all of my memories. And so when I was in this space, there was no conception that I was on a trip. The rest of the trips, I totally knew I was on a trip. But in this particular time, in this particular trip, I didn't know that because I had no memories of who I was or that I had taken a mushroom or anything. And that was, that was really mind blowing for me. So I experienced that for quite some time, that inside out place. And then somehow I came out of it and I have no recollection as to how I came out of it. Though I suspect because I was yawning incessantly throughout the entire time that somehow that pulled me back because when I would yawn, it would pull me out of the state slightly and then I would go deeper into it. So it's one step back, two steps forward the entire time. And maybe that's what pulled me out. And when I came out, I sat up and Emilio was nearby, a member of staff, and he came over. And I remember trying to speak to him, but I didn't have language. I felt it coming and I stutteringly said to him, that I have no words. And I think he meant by that, that what I had just experienced was ineffable, that there was no way to describe it. That's true too. But I literally had no words in which to communicate with him. Later, I spoke to him about this and he said that I just had this look of awe on my face, which definitely corresponds to what I went through. Shortly after that, everything turned into a, a second phase. And I had asked Jay, another member of staff to 
grab my AirPods because I had prepared a playlist of my favorite classical music, things that give me chills. And I started listening to that and it took me in a whole different direction where the music was playing in normal speed on my phone. But I heard it in half speed and I heard so many things that I'd never heard before. This music that I knew so well, but I heard it in a completely different way. And while it was playing in half speed, it wasn't distorted. It was, it was more clear than it had ever been. So then I started moving around because I was in one location for that entire first part. And I found myself in one of the hammocks near a fountain listening and engrossed in this music, which this, this lasted for hours as well, sitting near the fountain and I watched the fountain and in the fountain, I saw the water and the water splash was in real time, but the music was playing in halftime simultaneously. And my sense of time was just, it reached a new level because that's simply not possible. But this corresponds actually with things that have been learned and quantum mechanics and how time is not real and space is not real. And so, but to experience it was, was on a whole nother level. So I just continued doing that. I really wanted to go back to that first place. And so I tried different things, to get back to that first place, but that didn't work. And so the music was just fantastic. So I just continued on with that until it faded away, but near the end, my wife had come out of her experience, whole different story. And we sat together and she asked for an AirPod and I gave her one and we listened to this music together and I had very similar experiences. Although she, with just one AirPod, heard everything in stereo, which is crazy, but she's very familiar with this music as well. And then the experience faded and I was left to contemplate what an inside out reality meant. Well, that's an incredible story. And I love how your introduction began with what you believed to be the closest example of the understanding of consciousness. And then your particular tour of this idea of experiencing the universe from inside out. So I guess you want to move on with your story before you can give us more of an idea of what you understand at this point. So then the next day, I guess we want to go into the second experience. There's the DMT experience which as is discussed at the retreat is this concept of balance, how impactful these things are both in a positive and a negative sense. And the, the first experience was like on a scale of one to 10, it was a 10 on, on the positive side. The second one was different for the DMT. Again, I went into it and, and I mentioned it to both Josephine and Jessica were present for that and my intent was nothing specific, but that I was like both feet. Yes, yes, yes. So I was going to take in as much as I could, not being a smoker, wasn't sure how that was going to work with these inhales and the world immediately went cartoonish with geometric movements that lasted as long as I could inhale. And then I reclined. Next thing I knew is that I was what it felt to me at the time was I was transported into another dimension that I was being welcomed into this new dimension by three guides. They just happened to be Jessica J and Josephina, the hosts at the retreat. And it was such a welcoming entrance into this new place. And the place, the background was so 
abstract to me. I was totally focused on the people being there. These, what I called in that space, these trans-dimensional guides. And I asked them, is this a new dimension? And they nodded and smiled. And I think I asked them with my mind. I don't think I was using words. And they just, they totally agreed. Yes, like you are in this new place. And I was like, are you serious? And they were nodding and smiling. I would turn my head to each of them. And they were just these glowing beings of acceptance, joy, and welcoming to this new place. And it struck me that everything that I knew in the past was gone. That all of my relationships, all of that was really a figment of some previous imagination. And I got I started to hyperventilate. I became upset. I wanted to throw up. And I said, I'm going to throw up. And they had a bowl right there. And this bowl was so small. I remember, and I was like, it's not big enough. And they were like, it's okay. It'll be fine. And I remember thinking in this new dimension, vomit must be smaller because there's no way this is going to work. And I slowly came out of it, but this conception of being welcomed into a new dimension was super strong. And so I started asking them then for sure in English, is this, are you interdimensional guides? And they started to deny it, that they were still smiling as if I was on to them. Like, yes, you understand, but we can't say this. And this experience, it was my understanding that it was only supposed to last like 20 minutes or something at the max and mine went on quite a bit longer i think i started realizing that i'm super sensitive to these things these medicines and so this experience continued on to the point where i could stand and so i went with jay over to another part of the yard to process and i was asking jay are you a guide? Is this thing that I'm experiencing now fake? So I was in this real challenging place of what is real? Is this real or was where I just was real? And it didn't help that all of the staff and all of the hosts were staring at me and they had these big smiles on their face. Like they had this knowing smile, like I was on to something about this. And the other guests were normal. They were behaving normally. So I stayed in this other space by myself for a bit, but there were a group of guests that were gathered at the table and they were talking about their experiences. And that was something that I was really interested in. And I wanted to hear that. And at the same time, I was baffled by this, what is real? So I go over and I sat next to my wife and she was asking me if I was okay. Apparently I was looking at her very strangely. They asked me if I wanted to talk and I was like, no. And I remember very clearly looking over and Jay was standing by the doorway. He was just staring at me, making sure I was okay, I'm sure, but he had this knowing smile on his face. And other members of staff went by, Maddie especially, because she, like Josephina, has these eyes that can peer right into your soul. And she was smiling as well because she understood. And to me, I was baffled. And it took about 50 minutes, I think, before I came down from that experience, although I was still baffled and disjointed the rest of the day. And 
when I was trying to sleep, more of that jarring part of the experience came back to me, just how panic stricken I was in that moment. And apparently most people I was told don't move. And it turns out I was a big mover. I was trying to escape. And Jay noticed that because he wasn't there when I started this. And it was Jessica and, and Josephina who were trying to keep me in that space. And Jay came over to help them do that. So a lot happened in, in that session. And I would not say it was a high valence experience, but it was one that I wanted to understand. So especially after that night, it was difficult to sleep. And each, each day, including that night, I was up till like one, just writing it all down because I know my own memory. So I write all of these things down. So the first day I totally documented the macro experience and I was anxious for the, the decompression talks. And I was going to then speak with Josefina the next day before the mini dose. And I was to speak with you immediately after Josephina. So when I went to speak to Josephina the next day, I was on edge based on these, these two experiences. And what happened next just blew my mind because Josephina and I have almost nothing in common from our backgrounds, from the way we were raised to science and physics to however she was raised, but I don't think it involved quantum physics and different native languages, everything was different about us. But we connected in such a way that I've almost never experienced ever because none of that stuff matters when we're talking about these kinds of issues, none of that stuff. And we had such an excellent conversation and she perceived my second experience, the DMT experience, not as a rebirth into another dimension, but as to a rebirth into this dimension, that things are not what they seem. And I knew that intellectually to be true, but now I had experienced it in, in a way that made it much more visceral. And we talked about worldviews and we connected in a way where I actually physically started, which was an absolutely new experience. It's not like your limbs falling asleep or anything, a new thing to me. And that continued on for at least an hour and a half through my conversation with you, if you probably recall. But the most important thing about that conversation with Josephina was my intended approach to the mini dose session because something that had come up previously, you had raised it in conversation with a group as well as Emilio about this concept of examining where we're coming from and where we were going to. So having never experienced a mini dose, I, I knew we would be cognizant in a way that we were not in the previous, we were more disconnected. And so I thought a meditation on that would be good, but she suggested instead that I go where I was going to be led using the breathing exercises that were a part of that mini dose session. And she said that I should especially focus on the sounds that I would hear in nature and the, the feeling of the wind. And she didn't say so <clears throat> explicitly, but I think that was meant to just ground me in the present moment because those things are very present in any given moment. So I was flying high when I went and spoke to you then for 
the next hour. I was flying high for the rest of the day. And that vibration was something I was not on meds when I experienced that. And so went into the mini dose feeling so great. And again, both feet, yes, 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 attitude. I was going to take this as far as I possibly could. I was going to could the breath exercises as intensely as I possibly could. So that's what I did. Entering into the mini dose, we did that cold plunge. We did all those preparatory things. First, we did breathing exercises, then the cold plunge, which we had a doctor present as a guest who told us about the impacts of that on the body and the mind. And then we went into the mini dose. We laid down and we did the first set of the breathing exercises. And I did them as intensely as I could. And during that process, I started to vibrate again, started to use the visualizations of the only three beings that I had experienced, which was from the previous DMT session, because their faces and their welcoming attitude were so intense and so fresh in my mind that I used that to go deeper into the mini dose session. I was also struck by the sounds and by the breeze, the breeze. And it got to the point where I started shaking. My limbs started shaking and the first breath session ended and there was a long, well, I don't know how it felt long break before the second set. And my body wasn't shaking strongly, but sufficiently that a host covered me with a blanket thinking I was cold. I was not cold. I actually felt really wonderful. And there was music. I remember during that period between the sets and I remember being super focused on that music. And when the music faded out, my shaking faded out. And I remember removing the blanket and we were ready to do the second set. So I was still cognizant. I was still present in the moment. Second set began and I did the same things. The thing that changed were the vibrations that became more intense. It almost became like a throbbing energy or a, I don't know how to describe it. I don't have the words. And I could sense that other people either between those two sets or after the second set, they, they all drifted off into different places in the yard. I could not leave because it wasn't so much a visual experience because I noticed that visually uh, my eyes were shut the entire time, but still had the visuals of, it felt like noise, visual noise, but the feeling was incredible. And slowly the visuals turned into a very muted form of moving geometrical shapes, but that certainly wasn't the dominant aspect. Dominant aspect was the bliss. I was in this space. There were no beings. It was just pure bliss. And the words don't describe what that means, of course. And I just stayed there and I stayed there for what felt like a very long time. And only later did I understand it was hours and he was just laying on a yoga mat in this absolutely blissful state. So I thought to myself, if this is truth, maybe I can get some answers. So I thought. What was the meaning of that first experience, the, the macro dose? And it came to me, it's probably more obvious to you than me, is that, yeah, the world is inside out from our everyday perceptional, our everyday perceptions is what makes us think we're in this time and space. But actually that 
everything that's important, everything that is, is already inside of us if we're just quiet enough to experience it. So there were hosts that were coming by occasionally to check up on me and like, are you okay? And yes. And I could hear conversations in the background, but I did not want to leave this place. So I did not give any attention to those things because I thought it might break this spell that I was in. And I had questions. I had lots of questions. So Jessica came by, I remember, and I asked her if she could get Josephine so that we could talk while in this state. And Josephine came and she laid down right next to me on the next mat. And we had a most fascinating conversation. It was almost as if, I mean, she was so familiar with this space that it was almost as if she was in the space with me experiencing the same thing at the same time. It wouldn't surprise me if that were true, which, you know, given my background, that's a very strange thing for me to say. So she agreed with that reinterpretation of that first experience that, that makes perfect sense. And she mentioned that this state that I was experiencing was available to everybody if you're, we each have our own journey to get there. And she said that I, I asked her if I should, is it okay if I talk to people? about this. And she said, yeah, you absolutely can, but they might not react the way that you think they will. And everybody's on their own journey and that is not your problem. So yeah, feel free, but you know, keep it in perspective. And I asked her if this was death and she said that this is what people often refer to as death. And I realized that this, if you cannot attain these states, in whatever way, through deep meditation or through these medicines, you're going to get there eventually. And the fact that you're going to get there eventually is just a mind-blowing thought. So I was also feeling very warm while I was lying there for those hours. And I knew I was not in the sun because the umbrella moving gods, the actual hosts are always moving umbrellas so that you're not in the sun, so you're not going to fly. So I knew it wasn't that. And I asked her, what is the source of this warmth that I'm feeling? And she said, it was me. I don't understand what that means. So I was also like exceptionally paranoid about breaking the spell of this thing that I was experiencing. So I asked her if it was okay to open my eyes. Was it going to impact the experience? And she said, no. She really knows what she's talking about. But I was like, I'm afraid. <laughs> so I then opened my eyes and it was true. I witnessed truth, the truth that everything that is was there. We talked more. She said that I was just at the beginning of the journey and she gave me some suggestions for next steps. And my wife came over. We started talking and Josephine left and it took some time, but it trailed off from there. But then all three trips made so much sense to me. So much made sense to me after that experience. And that's where the third one ended. And then something really bizarre happened after that. We both had a very different perspective on everything. Because when you're traveling, there's all those little annoyances that inevitably happen. And we could care less because none of that stuff was important at all. And once back... When not on the medicines, I had experiences that I could not explain. 
while I was at the retreat and then after the retreat because the, the vibrations would come back. I, I've been doing a lot of meditation. And so I've been recording all of these experiences. So I consider now regular existence, my regular senses to be typical. So including the trips, including the things that happened outside of those that are super unusual, like the vibrations. And I'm starting to record all of those things. And I'm recording the date. I'm recording how long they lasted, what my mindset was, what the setting was, and what the attributes of those things were. And there's a strong connection running through all of them. Right now, I think I've had 13. So five were during the retreat and the other eight after. The thing that runs through them all is peace, uh, a contentedness. Some of them have involved those vibrations because I really want to get back and explore those super atypical to me experiences. And some of them are just understanding, like I'm learning new things while in those experiences in a way that makes no sense to my previous logical mind, just does not make sense. So. I am beginning a much longer exploration. I want to see how far I can go without the medicines and how deeply I can go into these experiences because there's a book during the retreat. I spoke to Emilio because I'd learned that he had a background both in physics and meditation. And so I talked to him briefly about that and said, are these, which did you come to first? And he said, basically both the same time it was a tornado. And I said, do you find them to be compatible or are there conflicts between those two? And he said, oh, they're totally compatible. And he mentioned a book called the Tao of physics, which I am about halfway into right now. And boy, does that help a lot in explaining these worldviews that I've been exploring for a long time, but the connections between especially quantum physics and these Eastern philosophies. So it's been a lot of meditation. It's been reading that book this last week and yesterday, something absolutely bizarre happened. You and I had spoken about this and my relationship to poetry has been non-existent. And then you read some poems at the retreat and other members of my group had just free-handed written down poetry to explain their current place, who they are and where they're going. It impacted me like no poetry ever had. So yesterday I was trying to wrap my head around this Eastern versus Western conceptions of the world and the experiences that I had at the retreat. So I wrote a poem called bliss and it goes like this. What is bliss? It's a word ink on a page and it is joy beyond description foreign to many experience beyond all other experience. And it's a word an ignorant allusion to that, which is real. What is reasoning collections of words on a page best written for clarity, dissection, analysis. Lifeless symbols unacquainted with their reference. Sterile, useful, a tool. What is living? 
On the surface, joy and sadness. Beyond mere description, it is direct experience of that which is. Recognizing beauty, experiencing love, feeling bliss. More than words. So that's crazy. I wrote a poem. I know, Jack. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. What an incredible story. And I'm so happy that you're integrating the way that works for you. I think that is incredible because your experiences were so profoundly intense and amazing. So I just want to, for our listeners, kind of reiterate the way that you are using your integration. Number one is you're moving through meditation and you have a thorough way of documenting everything. So that's wonderful. So that's like tying it in to make meaning of what happened to you during that time, what's happening to you currently. And you had also mentioned that it's been wonderful that your wife attended with you because you're able to have conversations with her. Are you finding that it's still the case that your relationship and having conversations is a form of integration? One thing has changed in that she's off on a trip right now. I mean, at a conference in the States, so we haven't been able to communicate as we have. Yeah, I expect that fully to continue because she had a completely different experience. We're all on our own journeys and the fundamentals were all there. Our entire group then connected through WhatsApp. We have a WhatsApp group that we are using to communicate with basically on a daily basis. So we're integrating constantly and helping one another with resources, different apps that we're finding, different YouTube videos. And the curious thing is the name or that group. One thing that came up during the retreat is concept of muggles from Harry Potter, the non-magical people who just go through existence without experiencing any of these atypical things. And the person that brought it up was Italian and the, the Italian word for muggles is Babani. So our group is called non-Babani. And I don't know if our group is different than other groups. I've only belonged to one of those groups, but that was an excellent thing for us to, to connect in that way. Again, it's only been a week since we got back. So that's wonderful that you have that continued support and that you wrote that poem and you're doing that reading. And it's just wonderful to hear your story as your perspective started in the beginning and moving into this experience as an explorer and thinking about consciousness and what it means to you. So on one hand, it was profound and beautiful and you found so much tremendous bliss and peace. But some of it sounded kind of terrifying, some of your experiences, because they were so big. For people out there that are interested in coming, how would you encourage the resolve and courage for them to come? Well, there's different types of people in this world. There are those who like living within their own narratives and they're happy not knowing what is true. They'd rather live with their own narratives. And there are other people that want to know truth, regardless of whether it is happy or sad, because that's truth and that's what they're interested in. I suspect that the people that are drawn to a retreat like this are of the latter sort, that they're there to deal with particular issues. There are a lot of people there dealing with very serious things, depression and addictions and things like that, that are, that psychedelics have this incredible track record of helping people in those situations far superior to existing treatments. And this was known back in the sixties and seventies, and that information was buried. And it is unconscionable to me why that information was buried. And now they're doing research again in these areas and uncovering all of that information. 
But to me, not coming, fortunately, from that kind of background, to me, if you're a kind of person, which I expect, if you're going to one of these retreats to deal with those issues, then you're interested in truth. If you're going there for consciousness exploration, that you want to deal with truth. And there are certain things that are seemingly in opposition, like good and bad. You, you can't understand good unless you experience bad. The concepts do not exist on their own. So to me, my second experience, the DMT, was absolutely educational. All of it was absolutely educational. So I wouldn't mind, you know, having that experience again if I learned things from it. So if someone's considering doing this thing, yeah, these are just things to consider. We're all on our own journeys. Mine, I'm certain, cannot be duplicated by anybody. You're going to have your own thing. But I wouldn't shy away from a low-valence activity if you go into it with the attitude of learning. That's incredible and so well said. I love how you spoke of it as a form of truth. And what it reminds me of is that the reality is, is that when we drop into these types of experiences, no matter what the reason is, there's this unspoken responsibility that you also address. And I think that reflects the truth to which you speak of being self-aware. Did you find it helpful that everybody had such a different perspective? Like I know you spoke about Emilio and Josefina, and he had a lot of opportunity to speak to not only the guests, but to the staff. But did you feel like that was an adequate container for what you needed as an explorer? By nature, I'm rather hypercritical about the design of things. But the way the retreat is set up, I was thoroughly impressed. You're not going there just to experience these particular trips. You're also doing other things. It's about yoga. It's about breathing. There's massage. There's all sorts of different, very caring ways that we were all taken care of, that we all came out of and we're talking about how well it was done. We all came out with that very same experience. Yeah, you just have to trust that these people have, they, they've walked the walk and they know what they're doing. They know how to support people. And I was so perfectly comfortable with the way it was set up. A question that we get often is about why the three experiences and why the macro dose first and then the DMT and the mini. But according to how you had your experience unfold, it really balanced itself out in, in that format. Is that true? Absolutely. I didn't understand why we do. I would thought we would ramp up to a macro dose just intuitively. But in hindsight, the way it all worked out, I was really blown away at the experience that I could have on a mini dose. I never expected that a mini dose would take me to that place. And again, while I plan on exploring without any assistance, someday I'll go back to that too, but I want to see where, how far I can get without. But that mini dose test was the, the culmination and the fact that it came last was perfect. Thank you so much, Jack. I love that you spoke so much about your entire story and so well, and we're able to tie the entire thing together, especially in the perspective of an explorer, an explorer of consciousness. So this has been a wonderful discussion. So thank you so much for coming to the show. So great to talk to you again. And a shout out to all those future explorers. 
Thank you all so much for listening. You can find all the information that you need to learn everything about this retreat on EleusiniaRetreat.com. We are a retreat that offers ongoing integration support, breathwork classes, and cultivation support after you have attended this retreat. It's an amazing experience that's one of its kind. If you're looking for a science-based retreat, something out of the box, something to change your life, something to add to your practice, this is where you really need to start, EleusiniaRetreat.com.